Queer Longing, a podcast where we discuss and explore everything that we're longing for and living for in our queer community. I'm Lucy Sassel. And I'm Olivia Taylor. Hello, Olivia. Hello, Lucy. I feel like I'm running out of ways to say hello to you. I know. We need, maybe we should just learn hello in several different languages and greet each <gasps> other in different languages each week. That's great, but I was about to say konnichiwa. Isn't that goodbye? No, that is hello. That's, it's both, I think. No, is it? isn't arigato like goodbye? I don't know if we knew someone who actually knew some Japanese. If only. No, okay. Well, anyway. <laughs> maybe yes, maybe week. we should do that. But okay. um, I'm, I'm very, very unlingual. Oh, did yeah. you learn any lesson, lessons? Did you, did you learn any languages at school? Um, I learned a bit of Spanish and um, I did French GCSE, but I didn't do anything for A-level or anything mm, I like never did any that. languages. Well, my dad's wife is French. Oh, yeah, of course. And my dad lives in France. Yes. So I do know a bit of French just from that. them because they speak their own special brand of Fringlish because my dad <laughs> has um, a really thick Canadian accent but also mainly speaks French. Right, okay. So it's like a very specific uh, way of, of speaking. Absolute cocktail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm kind of used to like that type of French, which is probably not how actual French people speak. Obviously his wife's French, so she just yeah. is French. No, yeah. But he has his own special way of doing things. Well, doesn't he just? Yeah. I am. Um, yeah. <laughs> I never learned any languages because when I was in middle school, I, uh, my mum made me sign a thing because I was a, I was allowed to like go and be in the high school band, even though I was only in middle school. But to do that, I would have to drop like doing language. Is this where your love of high school school came from yeah maybe yeah, yeah. probably right that very moment when okay. i was a middle school saxophone player in the high school band got to go Ooh. to high school lunch wow really exciting did you get better lunch options in the high school uh canteen? no high school lunch was later i think so it was actually like later on so if anything that was probably no actually maybe it was before middle school lunch i'm not sure but um it was very exciting to be like in ninth grade but around all the like hottie 11th graders or whatever wow um but yeah my mom made me sign a thing like a <laughs> like a disclosure to say that I would never I wouldn't blame her for the fact that I had chosen to do high school band instead of French really <laughs> and I was like yeah I'll sign it it's fine and um yeah and then I never did when I came back to England I didn't do any French or anything like she that she doesn't want so. anything coming back to bite her no. at a later date <laughs> I think that's very sensible many a disclosure signed at our house <laughs> <laughs> disclosure by Sam Smith Anyway, how has your week been? Um, yeah, my week has been a lot jollier than the previous week oh, when God, I was yeah. um, poorly. I feel like most of this podcast is just me whinging about being unwell, so I want to like start a new leaf where yeah. that Start a new leaf. Yes. Quick, bud the leaf. <laughs> yeah. no, my, I, I was going to say very similarly that I'm um, upset with myself for always saying I'm so tired. Because I find it really annoying when people are always like, oh, I'm so tired. Yeah, I know. And, and then I'm like, oh God, every, at the beginning of every single like, well, bloody like episode, old, yeah, I'm like, I'm so tired. Well, like two old ladies, I'm like, I think I, think I just need to rest Yeah, I'm more. like, oh, I just, need, I just need a weekend where I don't do anything. <laughs> Get over ourselves. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And stay up, it's fine. Yeah. Um, so I'm not tired. I'm thriving. Well, I will hold you to that tomorrow when we go out. Yes, very exciting. So what are you living for then this week? Well, I think what I absolutely have to be living for, I actually shared it um, earlier on our Instagram, is that all, have you seen all the Queer Eye guys with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez? Oh God, have I just? I mean, I have just seen it. It's gorgeous. They look so good. And JVN just looks so stunning in that lovely, like, summery dress. So so, so poised and so regal. He's got like a, a pink cropped mm. jumper like mm. a sweater mm. and this um sort of a-line midi skirt and those skirts that are quite like in at the moment i don't know how you would describe it like um you different know, levels looks like a looks like a blind 
Pleated. Pleated, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. a blind. Yeah. <laughs> That's, you look like a blind, JPM. You're, you're so fashion, Lucy. <laughs> Blinding me with that look. Yeah. Um, yes, no, that is a great living for. They are, I mean, I hope they're doing some, um, I think they're, you know, they're probably just doing like a bunch of press shots and stuff, but I hope they're, they're, bet they're having some great chat. Well, they're there um, to talk about the Equality Act. Oh, so, are you know, they? Right. You know, last yeah. week when I mentioned Sally Field yes. and her son doing yes. some work around that. And um, that's what they are there for. Ah, so, okay. I yeah. did. I did see JVN do like a thing about that, so that makes sense. Absolutely. Oh my god! I hope he does a Getting Curious podcast with <gasps> Acacia Cortez. Maybe he will. Yeah. He only needs to get her for a sweet little twenty-seven minutes. Yeah. Or whatever. I feel oh, like perfect. Maybe that could happen. That could totally happen. That um, would be great. Yeah. So that is what I am living for this week. Yeah. And then longing for, we mm-hmm. are, as I mentioned earlier, we are heading out tomorrow mm-hmm. to make a scene, and they are. Uh, I guess I don't know whether you describe them as a, a business, like an events company. I, I would say they don't really know what it's a. It, I don't know. I'd just call it an event. Yeah, just like yeah, and and, they're, and, and re- events organizers. It's like a reoccurring event, and we've yeah. spoken about it before, where they yeah. will play like um, a cult classic queer movie, and they'll have like some cool entertainment around it, and yeah. drag queens and like different. Uh, bits and this week i'm just so looking forward to it because as we mentioned previously it is going to be showgirls and you will finally get your moment to watch the movie my moment to shine yeah and watch some other people do some performances but uh that is absolutely yeah that's my longing for as well because i've been waiting a long long time to see this film yeah. as people know some would um, say nearly a decade <laughs> some would say if not longer um about a decade it probably is about a decade yeah because I, I think no it's probably a bit less than that because i remember i gave you the dvd for your 21st birthday oh, you remember now that you gave it to me <laughs> as a gift anyway not to bring this back around yeah i but. think you just need to like let go of some of this bitterness surrounding this because i am having... not bitter at all okay and well you won't be bitter when you're pole dancing tomorrow because they <laughs> I are will not with, classes. A, with a martini in one hand exactly yeah very much are they doing that pole dancing classes yes oh i'm scared of pole dancing i really don't think i have the upper I was gonna say upper body strength but any strength, any strength. whatsoever for yeah. that we could just like slow, watch we could slowly just walk around yes it, yeah you know. I'm very excited to be in a casino yeah we can take an Instagram with one and then absolutely that'll be what we'll do that day okay. um yeah. I too am longing for that how about you what are you living for this week uh I am living for it's very um like pretty basic but just had a really really gorgeous dinner and I'm absolutely living for it really it oh, was I'm jealous. so good so we're like um a bit like post still in the middle of kitchen kitchen updates <laughs> yeah ching ching that sound <laughs> yeah who needs a sting no one us um and there's uh, so adam was cooking this evening and he was like oh i'm gonna try and like use up some bits so he can like find but we've come around and got like both most of our like store cupboard stuff in like the end room so you have to like run across the living room to see what there is and then like run back and like do whatever right. so he sort of did this thing where something happened where you're just like oh i've got some ingredients and vegetables i know i sort of want to use up this red cabbage we've had for about a thousand years in the in the fridge but what am i going to do with it and he made the most delish um like lentil like chili sort of mexican sort of mexican like spiced chili stew mm. with uh, lentil stew sorry with um baked purple sweet potato and this gorgeous red cabbage slaw which was just Lovely. like the perfect acidity on top of like all this sort of sweet rich like stew and sweet i, I, I just i can't get over it, it was so, so good maybe adam is the new lord delish <laughs> Yes, 
that's what I'm that's what I'm really saying yeah. <laughs> he is Lord Delish um yeah so I'm just living for it because it just makes me so happy when you have like a really really good meal yes and how much it can like really boost your mood yeah and just made me feel like super hashtag blessed for like the great foods that we get to make in our house and speaking of someone else who will also agree that Adam is Lord Delish we are joined by a special <laughs> guest this week oh man <laughs> are we <laughs> I think that we are Lucy would you like to give the official introduction <laughs> Um, I would like to welcome to the podcast this week our second guest of all time, somebody who has a lot to say about some good things, I hope, and also is a blood relative. It's my sister, Izzy Cecil. Also, sorry, my housemate, Izzy Cecil. <laughs> A.K.A. Lady Delish. Lady D- yes. <laughs> the La- Lady Delish of the Lord. Yes. Hi, Izzy. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. <laughs> How are you? Um, I'm great. I'm very excited that you finally introduced me because I've just been laughing. So yeah, she's been, she's been chortling in the background. I cannot believe that you've not seen Showgirls. I can't but what no. you've seen. Well, the DVD that you must have bought her, me and my friends watched. <laughs> at a sleepover, we were like 15. I'm walking out. Honestly, we found Goodbye. we found it at home, and I was like, "What's this? Oh, it's a, like you know, you only have a certain number of DVDs. We're like, we're not watch this one. There are finite numbers of DVDs. When you're 15, back in day, yeah, that that's was, true. Yeah. That's true. And um, so we put it on, and um, it was something else to watch. Yes, <laughs> loved it. Oh my god, I can't loved believe it. you have both <laughs> seen Showgirls, and here I am in the dark, <laughs> going tomorrow to my Showgirls debut tomball. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's gonna be so good though. Like the fact that you haven't seen it is perfect because yeah. It's just going to be like Hamilton all over again where I'm just like turning around to you like... Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be, I think, like a sensory overload as was Hamilton. Yeah. In I that, think in, in a that... very different way. <laughs> but, visceral yeah. way. Slightly different senses. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you've seen it as well. I'm, I'm pretty shocked. sure one of my friends was like, why does your sister have <laughs> And I was like, this is ringing a bell. This is ringing a bell. But I thought that that happened to you with none of that and your friend. Oh, none of no, that would we have been watched, too much. we yeah. watched none of that on purpose with, oh, with okay. our friend oh, Adam. Different that's, Adam. That's true, a different Adam. Not Lord Delish, but also very Delish. I'm blessed with some great Adams. You are. You are, <laughs> you are blessed be the fruit. And some great DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, yes, welcome, Izzy. Um, what are you living and longing for this week? So, surprisingly enough, what I'm living <laughs> and longing for this week is an event happening at Partizan, which I'm very happy has come up quite a lot on the podcast. Yes. Um, and we, yeah, me and a bunch of friends are running Partizan's in-house queer night called Fatty Acid. Oh, yes. Um, it will be on the Friday that this podcast comes out yeah. on. So two days after yeah. we drop. That's yeah. right. That is something that I'm also longing for. And we will be talking to you more all about Fatty Acid and Partizan later on in the episode. Yeah. That's a little tease for you there. Yeah, Keep let me listening. just say, it's... Mm. Uh, it's going to be aggressively queer and radically tender, so consider yourself yes. told. Yes, consider yourself told. <laughs> I am titillated. Yes. <laughs> well, I wanted to mention uh, that you and I went to the cinema this week, didn't we? And we have not been to... Sorry. Bad podcast format. Izzy and I went to the cinema this yes, week. Yes, I was not invited. You were not no. invited. But for not, not, this is, the reasons will become clear when you know what film it is. It wasn't because we hate you. Um, we did, yeah, she, li- did, she did park <laughs> yeah. outside my flat. She deigned to park outside my very house. Yeah, Claire deigned it. So um, I, yeah, I did park outside your house and was like, oh, I should, I was going to do like a Stella moment up at you. But then I was like, rocks we, at the we, window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I was like, no, we're going. Yeah, so, I wanted like, um, like, a, like a 16 candles situation. Yeah. Bring a boombox. I, I, 
oh, I'd play out high school by Nicki Minaj for you. Oh my oh, god, yeah. and we have to get married. <laughs> well, it's already happening. So. <laughs> yes, great, good. Um, yeah, we went to uh, the cinema to see us, didn't we? The new Jordan Peele film. We P- did, did not go Jordan see Pitham. us. We did go see <laughs> us, and uh, yeah, what what did you think of it? I think I had less opinions than you and Lord Delish, who's been previously mentioned. Wait, did you um, have more or less opinions than Hereditary? Talking with oh, the scary in movie reaction. Realm of scary movies, yeah. yeah. Which is, by the way, the reason why Olivia did not come, because she's not one, one to want to watch a I scary film well, so much. Can I just, in right. that context. So the, in a cinema context. Yes, in any context, to be honest. Because, <laughs> can I just say before we go into this, some background about this. And in my defence now, I'm going to be defensive, because you're defensive Okay, take to the stand, take to the stand. I'm disclaimer. defensive about this. Right, so, what Lucy and our other friend does to me is they go oh we're gonna come up for the weekend we're all gonna congregate at your flat and i'm like yeah great because that's just what usually happens and then they're like what we're gonna do is watch all these horrendous movies that you will hate in your house and then we're gonna go and you're wow. gonna like shit yourself basically yeah. wow i mean yes that's but pretty she, rude but our other friend stayed the night with you so you shared a bed i had to go home to my own stone cold bed no i didn't that's a lie she did share the night with me <laughs> my girlfriend was still there. shots <laughs> um yes while you may have gone back yes. home um she did stay with me but if you remember correctly in hereditary her head gets chopped off and rolls across the ground yeah and then when <laughs> i woke up in so the funny. middle of the night Your all head i could was see off. was her, sophie's head sticking out of the corner, <laughs> and i was like um, so that's she, not to be honest was. yes hereditary was scary as well yes. and like um but me and Sophie's want has always been to like get together and watch stupid scary films but we just take the piss out of them the whole time hence like when we were watching Hereditary and me and you were too scared so we were like hiding behind some cushions <laughs> and Sophie was singing to us whoa what a feeling can I just say I made that up yes you did yeah Tony Collette is on, on the ceiling because she's yeah. on the ceiling like chopping her head off. Yeah. So yes, I had um, to out of yeah, th- but that's um, the best way to watch horror films. Yeah. yeah. And um, actually, one of the things that I was worried about going to see Us is that I've never seen any other horror films in the cinema apart from when me and Sophie, as mentioned before, has also been a guest on the podcast, went to see Paranormal Activity when we were at uni. Okay. But it was like in this back like mop cupboard like version of a cinema in... was it at the Odeon yes yeah. exactly and like yeah. the one right at the back the weird yeah, screen yeah, at the back yeah, yeah. and it was just us and like two teenagers smoking some weed at the back so it was like dead <laughs> funny and we just took the piss the whole like time which is what we do when we watch horror yeah. films so I was really nervous actually about going to see something scary in cinema yeah, you can't do that in a normal cinema like you can do it in Sheffield <laughs> back in the early aughts yeah. in the middle of the day yeah. for like two pounds yeah. which is what we could do but like if you go to the normal cinema a normal time like peak to see yeah exactly like that's scary it must be a totally different experience because you can't take the piss out of it and sort of like break it down no exactly yeah you just have to watch it which i was worried about but 
as Izzy and Adam said to me before we went, and I think is a great, like, and actually has been a great help with the scary film, is that you leave it there if you go and see it in the cinema. Whereas yeah. if you watch it at home, it's all happened to you at home. Yes. And you're sort of like, you know what I mean? And all the things around are the things all that the you, you were seeing. Whereas, yeah, when you're at the cinema, you watch it and then you're done and then you go into yeah. the real world. Um, into the real world. And then, even though it's very dark and scary, running running back to your flat. But, um, <laughs> I, just kept, I just kept saying, like, if some versions of us came around the, the corner now, I would just die. I would just die. Like, I don't, I don't know how they managed to, like, not die in horror films, like, of, of panic. Yeah. You know, uh, like, okay, like, like I'd just panic. freak out. Yeah. That was one of the things in the film that, like, irked me and irks at me in so many films is, like, just really impractical and, like, unrealistic situations. Yeah. So, like, they're in this one bit. No spo- <laughs> like everyone not, not trying to spoiler it, but, like, just... You're about to leave somewhere um, and you think you might be in a car for a really long time and like something near apocalyptic or really, really bad has happened. And you're just by a bowl of fresh fruit and loads of crisps. Anyone would grab the fruit and the crisps and take them to the car with them. That's just one example. Yes, no, that is true. There there are many, many instances, especially in sort of horror or like thrillery films where yeah. like they're just not doing normal human things. But that's, I guess... I get it. You have to I... suspend belief when you go into like watch a film like that anyway, don't you? Because like... Otherwise, you just lose your mind thinking that, that those things are actually going to happen. That's why, like, when we were when we were a bit younger, me and you used to watch some films, and you'd be like, why is this one so scary? And I'd be like, uh, is it? It's because it's a psychological thriller. <laughs> <laughs> Which means that, you know, it's, like, so realistic that it freaks yeah. you out. Um, oh, boy. But, yes. So, Us, what did you think? Back yeah. to it. Isn't it like Lupita Nyong'o yeah. has got some, like, different eyes? what's the deal with it so the like basic premise is that um they go to this like family beach house where you know that she's you see like a flashback first off where you see that she's had like a scary experience in a hall of mirrors it starts in a bloody hall of mirrors which is always for me the worst like horror trope is mirrors because they freak me out loads Mm -hmm. um and you know something's happened to her there, but you don't know what it is kind of thing. As a child. Uh, as a child. And then later on with her family, she goes back to this beach house. Her parents are dead. And she's now, now there with her family. And she's like very weary of going to this beach or whatever, blah, blah. She's like, something bad's going to happen, something bad's going to happen, or whatever. They go to this beach anyway, because her husband's like, oh, please. And then, um, and he's a very great comical, comic he's relief so character, jealous. by the way. Very, <laughs> very funny. Um, and uh, they... Go to this beach, whatever, and then something like a bit weird happens to her son, but she doesn't really know what, and then they like go back. And then basically that evening, a family um, who are identical to them turn up at their house um, and then just start like terrorizing them without any spoilers but yes yeah. Yeah, and they're okay. ident- they're like identical but slightly different yeah. just, and just like fucked up yeah i knew i knew about i knew about the identical but slightly different yes. thing because i saw her do an interview on um one of my fantasy dad's uh, programs <laughs> stephen colbert oh yeah um, <laughs> and she came on with those weird eyes right and it freaked me out yes. so much yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Um, and I yeah. Thought, she's brilliant I, I saw a clip, but i saw a clip where it was like she was being like they're real and like they're here and then the comic relief boyfriend husband was like mm-hmm. no like you're being a crazy and she's like oh you don't believe me so but obviously he he must see the matching family come at it some takes point. him a while to get it like is he really <laughs> just yeah. like, that, yeah. that that bit which you saw he the, he's not seen them yet right so yeah but but he is a bit like what when it happens because yeah. he's just like doesn't he's so sort of like uh matter expect, of fact that he doesn't you don't expect that there's gonna be a matching scary family exactly show up at your house. exactly you yeah. do not in some weird like red jumpsuits with some gold scissors so yeah. um yeah but um i thought it was i enjoyed it a lot but i think and this happens to me often is that if i put too much expectation on something i'm always disappointed yeah. and i try not to do that at all anymore but i did do it for this 
because I loved Get Out so much, which is by it's, Jordan Peele. Yeah, is it is it part of like a, a trilogy? He or has, is it just he has apparently. said that it's both that he's doing like three films that are like linked in some way or, or are all sort of part of what he calls some sort of trilogy. But like they're, they're not at all sequentially matched yeah. or anything. No, um, okay. But uh, yeah, no, it, it was it, it was good, and I and I would watch it again like at some point or whatever. But I I wasn't like blown away by it. I, I do so, I know I whether he's trying his, to always building like a picture of the ills of America yeah which is obviously. definitely seems to be what Jordan Peele's about yeah and was very very evident in Get Out mm. which I think did like played that brilliantly and like so was good. so like layered and like and also really funny and great and I loved yeah. it and had like all the right kind of scares in it whereas this like I felt like it, it was really good and interesting but it didn't it wasn't quite as nuanced in that way yeah. but also he has said this is just a straight up horror film yeah just go in there it's a horror film so i think maybe i'm just putting too much on it yeah because um, i want it to be more because for whatever reason i just do because i enjoyed so that so much brilliant. about get out so but yeah no i thought i thought it was really really good and the performances were good and um it did freak me out. i didn't think i was that scared but then that night i like was freaked out by the fact there's like three mirrors in my room at the moment because mm-hmm. of like the kitchen and <laughs> and i was like freaked out by the mirrors which i always am after a scary film and also um i like had loads of weird disjointed sleep where i just kept, kept waking up and seeing those eyes behind your desk <laughs> no that's my parents house but yeah no okay. yeah, yeah yeah so yeah no i thought it was good though it was good, good it was good it was definitely it was worth good fun. a watch yeah definitely worth a watch if you're into it but if, if you are scared of things don't watch it because it's quite scary it's scary at first but it wasn't as scary as i thought it would be no uh but anyway that is what me and Izzy have watched this week. What have you watched this week, Olivia? Um, well, um, not loads of bits. I've been watching Fleabag, which just gets better and oh, better. Doesn't it? Doesn't it just? Just so good. Izzy's never watched any Fleabag. Sure. I'm just telling her. That is You've crazy. Get I'm actually astounded by the amount of TV you managed to watch. It's so, like, <laughs> not in it. That sounds really... I'm impressed because I just, like... No, I never watched telly. I'm kind of sad about it. Yeah, we yeah. do watch We watch TV. MasterChef at home. Yeah, and, we, and we, we watch, we're watching Lost at the moment, aren't we? Which we've been... Yeah, aren't you watching episode. 90210? <laughs> we actually oh, stopped that for a bit. Yeah. yeah. I don't think we, we haven't been in at the right time. Was Adriana having too much drama? Yeah, yeah. we were just like... There's probably been about 18 pregnancies yeah. and <laughs> deaths and rebirths by now, so... Absolutely. But um, Fleabag, brilliant yes what else to live yeah and, and then controversially i did finish afterlife the ricky gervais uh, oh my word yeah but i don't know it, the last episode of it made me cry loads really yeah mm. um and i still hate him like mm. i don't agree with him yeah and i don't agree with his comedy i don't agree with like his jokes like for the most part i don't actually find him funny mm. It wasn't really the. It wasn't really all of the stuff that people like about Ricky Gervais was not what I liked about this. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. what I liked about it was, I guess, um, the the more sort of emotional uh, writing around his character. Okay, and um, it it's it was quite. I think you know he is an odious man, but he isn't a stupid man, mm. and um, he was sort of doing a bit of a deep dive into what it means to find value in life when you feel like you'll never be able to find value in it again. Okay, yeah. And I think that, like, for most of us, it's just such a universal thing that we can all relate to in some way. When bad things happen, we just can't find that foothold. Yeah. And um, it's just about how you can find that foothold again and the different 
reasons when you feel like maybe there never will be reasons yeah and i just yeah i just found the humanity of it really um really relatable and the relationships that he has with people and he makes reparations with people that he's like wrong during this period of like crisis Mm -hmm. in his life and just sort of like philosophizes on what it means um to live and to find value in life again after like a period of trauma and tragedy so i think that like i took those things from it and was emotionally um affected by it to be honest like Mm -hmm. i never in a million years would have thought that could have happened and i still won't be like running to ever watch his comedy and there's still loads of things that i don't agree with with what he says and does but um i can't lie and say that i didn't uh cry loads at the last step because i did fair enough yeah um yeah so it's a it's a complicated feeling that i had when that happened (laughs) Um, i must must admit but i think i think um the subject matter is just so uh personal yeah i just found it very uh emotionally triggering i suppose yes it was compelling Mm. to your to your it was compelling to your emotional needs and wants so yeah, and, and just my and just your experiences. Yeah. yeah. So well, that, that's and, fine. And, and the experiences of, of many people yes. in, in sort of not dissimilar ways. Yes. So I think that okay. like that universality of it, I think, is what has made it successful. Not his like shitty fat jokes. Right. Yeah. Which yeah. you know it could only be improved by not having those in. Yeah. And so many things could have been improved about it, but I just feel like that strand was was quite strong, and that's what sort of hit me with it. But anyway, um, apparently um, there's going to be a second season, but I don't particularly think that it needs it. I think that it wrapped it, it, everything up in the six It was fine, acts. yeah. But, yeah. you know, fair play. And if he can not do all of those gross things that kind of detracts from it, then that would be great. It. But I'm not holding my <laughs> yeah, breath. Yeah, would not count on it. Um, so anyway, I did that. And then yeah. I've also started watching the new series of Santa Clarita Diet because I've watched the oh, previous Oh, did ones. you watch that before? Yeah, yeah. Um, there's an article somewhere, I was trying to find it, um, written by the journalist um, Soph Wilkinson yeah. about how like Santa Clarita Diet is like the queerest and best um, like sitcom on Netflix. Oh, right. And it's quite interesting because I never thought of it in that way. Maybe she doesn't say it's queerest, but it kind of like, it really passes the, the Bechdel test because, yeah. and also like it, it focuses around this woman who um, dies and then she ends up needing to eat people to survive. She essentially turns into a zombie. Right. And it's about like how their marriage survives it, but it's they don't like argue over the fact that like, you know, she's not giving him attention anymore and they like really work together as a team and like what she's going through is a real focus and he like doesn't make it about him and all the things, all the sort of usual tropes that you would see don't sort of exist in the same way right okay yeah. and the characters aren't really like gender gendered very traditionally oh, okay, okay yeah um so i think that that's maybe like what is refreshing about it it is stupid like <laughs> it's like it's a stupid premise it's like just a bit of fun but i also yeah. think that like what she says is is um quite interesting about it and it did make me like look at it with fresh eyes and maybe i thought that's the reason why i sort of responded to it but i'm only like really like not far in yeah. at all um but we'll see how far i get with that so mm-hmm. i've been watching 
a little bit of that. Also watched the first episode of season 16 of Keeping Up With The Kardashians in bed. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch it on a Saturday morning with a Kit Kat? No, I oh. watched it just the other night yeah, with right. uh, probably a yogurt. <laughs> Ooh, I love a yogurt. <laughs> yeah. Season 16. I know, isn't it wild? Season 16. I can, I can truly say I've never watched a full episode of that. I think I've only ever yeah, seen either. like... Um, videos of it on twitter or whatever clips well, yeah may your brain cells thank you yeah because mine do not thank me um, but i've just fallen down this rabbit hole you know like you just have to have a decompressing program yeah yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. yeah and it's really mindless <laughs> and um that's that's mine yeah so fair enough i enjoyed a bit of that and what i haven't watched yet which i really really need to catch up on because i went home for the weekend for mother's day weekend oh yeah and my mum wanted to watch victoria oh right on itv yeah. and i wanted to watch line of duty and i haven't watched that have you i no i haven't because I, I haven't i as we spoke about the other week off off mic i haven't and we do speak off mic um i haven't watched line of duty but it's definitely something that i thought it's definitely something that i would like like yeah. i like a crimey policey thing so it's, it's very weird, it's very weird that you. i haven't watched it but so i started watching it from the very beginning oh. like this week so i think i've watched four of um, season one brilliant um and it, which came out in 2012 yeah and what is so funny about it is there are so many things that are so 2012 about it like in the way oh, like that like what? all the phones are like dead old yeah like like yes. gen gen 2 iphones like, like, a, mo- and like, like a, a mozzarella <laughs> a motorola <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. A, a mozzarella mozzarella razor yeah <laughs> limited edition yeah. <laughs> And then also like it has so many, and I don't know if it continues this or if it gets a bit swisher. It has so many of those jaunty like police, um, police drama angles of like where it does like a quick zoom in and then like a bit of a wobble. Yeah, you know yes. what I mean. Like, I, think, I think that probably stays. And also like all of the um, really cheesy police one-liners that you hear, where it's yes. like, "I've got to get this CPO drafted to MPU in the Z76." Yeah, like, no one knows what's going yeah. on. But it sounds like very official. Yeah, that is Love like it. such a, a thing. Yeah, that line of duty. Yeah. No, I'm enjoying it. It's good. It's good classic cop drama so uh, i am enjoying it i'm intrigued to see what happens because yeah. i know that people like now literally rave the most about it like best thing on telly so i'm like i must get to that it point. is good and if you end up becoming a super fan there's also now um an accompanying podcast to go along with it i heard BBC this yes obsessed with ah. line of duty um, and that one is presented by um lolly adifope oh cool um, who's also in shrill yeah very good yeah um yes that's what we've been watching as you know, I am um, a vigorous and varied podcast consumer, so <laughs> I've got a couple of podcast recommendations um, for this week, as per usual. I have been really enjoying a new podcast that I have come across called The Cut on Tuesdays, which is by the New Yorker magazine. You know, like, oh, right, The Cut okay. is the offshoot of, of that. Right, okay. Um, yeah, and so um, The Cut, if you follow their uh, website, they describe themselves as style, self-culture and power, and the podcast podcast is very much like a direct offshoot of um this brand right so it's um covering all of the issues that matter to women with stylish minds mm. so yeah <laughs> is um, your mind styled <laughs> i think the mind's quite quite well styled yeah yeah, yeah. Um, fashion politics motherhood health ambition and culture so they do um they have like a couple of series that run through it like um how she, how she gets it done so they'll talk they'll have interviews with showrunners and right. directors or you know people who are really high up in you know different companies right. like doing amazing jobs and whatever and they just talk about how they 
get stuff done Mm -hmm. and they um, also had Sally Rooney on um, Mm -hmm. which was apropos because I've just finished conversations with friends that I um, had started last week and I also listened to another podcast this week which made me think of you Lucy and it was all about swearing Uh, fuck off (laughs) (laughs) so you know that you know that podcast I listened to called Unladylike yes so it, it was it was theirs and I think it was like one from a few weeks ago but I hadn't got around to listening to it and it's called it's called How to Curse Like a Fucking Lady <laughs> and it's all about the um, etymology of swear words and right. how like swearing has been such a gendered thing throughout history and Absolutely. Um, it's so interesting and it was talking about how um, in Victorian times there were all these swear words that women said in in private spheres <gasps> which would be like completely different um swear words to what men would say that ended up oh being the like God. default swears oh that's so interesting yeah really funny and it was like really like stupid ones like dick blanket or something like, <laughs> i say that all let's, the time let's bring back dick blanket yeah i can't remember exactly what but it was like really like funny things and apparently they were <laughs> they were so scared of this that any of those like swears that came through just got immediately um, that got immediately shut down. Right. And so apparently in the past, um, baby rabbits oh. were called cunnies. Okay. And because that was so close to the swear word of a similar sound, mm. they mm. Um, they couldn't deal with it, society. <laughs> so that is why baby rabbits are now called bunnies. Whoa. Shit. Yes. Yeah. I don't That's believe great. it. Yeah. That is great fact. This is a swearing linguist historian. I want to listen to that. I'm going to listen to that. Sounds great. It's really, really interesting. Sorry, that sounds fucking great. (laughs) (laughs) We have talked about though, haven't we? How um, I swear a lot and you don't swear at all on this pod. Yes. I know, it's amazing. You don't don't at all. No, I don't really. I I might might say the odd thing, but I I generally don't. She's got broadcast journalism there, mate. That's why. Yeah, that's, that is why. Well trained, a professional. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, they, I'm not. They perform an operation where they like take the swears out of you um, before you graduate. I love swearing. I know you do love swearing. Yeah. Talk to me. Talk to us about <laughs> why you um, you love swearing so much. Because I know some reasons from the other people that I listen to on this podcast, but I am keen to hear from you about your love of swears. Before you go into your love of swears, what I'd like to say is I... (laughs) Background info. (laughs) I remember so clearly when I was like, I don't know, 16. Maybe it was still when I was 15. Maybe it was just after the um, Showgirls incident. Um, Like Lucy just (laughs) continually saying to me when we'd be like alone being like, I can't wait until you start swearing in front of the parents. (laughs) I can't wait until you start swearing in front of the parents. And I was like, okay. That is Tapped. Why would I say that to you? Such a swear pusher. Yeah, that's weird. Such such an older sister. Such a a plosive pusher. Um, I, uh, yeah, I I don't know that. That is odd. Um, No, I'm effing and blinded. You are. Well, our whole family do swear quite a lot. Like, when we were younger, it was definitely like, don't swear kind of thing. Like, our parents, you know, kept a cap on it. Yeah. But then I remember getting a bit older and like there being some and then swearing starting to come into it or whatever our parents maybe swearing a bit in front of us and then obviously we learned swears and then now yeah. it's fine like you can we, i can just swear all the time at home no we just got very casual around each other it didn't yeah. really matter are there <laughs> any off-limit swears I wouldn't um, say cunt. I, I probably wouldn't say, yeah, I probably wouldn't say cunt in front of my parents, Would, but they're listening the now. So. <laughs> but I, I'll say that with my mates because I, I don't, I, I, I don't, back to your question, I like swearing because I think it um, is a way to put like power behind a point. Um, and also I think that words are just words. So it's like also what you're mean, like how you're feeling them behind the words. 
so what you mean f- through the word and therefore like why not swear I, d- I, d- I don't see the problem with swearing basically yeah and i think the good thing about about swears is that they are so malleable yes um, to your mood and to your delivery yes so I, think, it, I think that's what i meant yeah there's you know a, a difference between saying i went to the effing shop and then i went to the effing shop like yeah you can say it in yeah. completely different ways and it evokes different yeah exactly reactions. which i do i like which i like i think it adds effect in certain ways i don't know i don't know why i love it but i do, but i just well I, I just do it a lot yeah, yeah. go on she's <laughs> she's she got another story if, if he wants to drag you through I'm, the mud this once is more. great i'm i'm uh, regretting the inviting you on <laughs> regretting the betty um <laughs> I remember a very clear time where your swear word made an impact. In we were having roast dinner with <gasps> shit, shitting. Is this about grandparents? Yes. How did I know? How did I know? We were having roast dinner with um our yes, yes, dad's yes. parents. Um, and uh, I must have been 17. 17? Six, no, 16. Someone 16, came and we're, so we're having this lovely roast dinner, very mm. pastoral scene. And the <laughs> rolling hills behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. literally. <laughs> the window, uh, it's a big window into the drive of our parents' house at the time. Mm. And someone came down it that you didn't want to talk to. I think it was like a neighborhood friend. Oh. And they came down the drive and Lucy just stood up and went, fuck. <laughs> and our dad went, Lucy. <laughs> would have been totally fine for you to say that if the grandparents were there but he had to be like um um and address it and it was Was it that or was it the case that he actually said it was fine no was it no 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 he went lucy very clearly and yeah and it was was weird because he was he was um like performing it to yeah and And they were very flustered by it and our mum was like lol (laughs) (laughs) and i was like i see you allison yeah So, um, yes, no, I really remember that and feeling yeah. a lot of shame around it, yeah. actually. I felt some sort of uh, yeah. bystander shame yeah. for it. But Which also I- joy that I hadn't been in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> for once. Um. <laughs> yes, well, I just like swearing. But actually, that talking about feeling shame in front of people actually links very well to a book I've just finished this week. So it was actually an audiobook, but um, I finished listening to So You've Been Publicly Shamed by oh, John Ronson. Yes. Yeah, which yeah. I got from Borrowbox. Great app, get it? You yeah. will not regret it. Love um, Did you yeah. enjoy his voice? He has a very specific He has a very tone. John Ronson voice, yes. Yeah. And what's really odd is that he, he reads, obviously, the book, like, from his book, and every now and then there's, obviously, there's, um, <laughs> there's pictures in the book, and he um, has to come out of reading the book to say, um, just for the listener here, I have included a photo of whatever. Yeah. Um, and it, it, the difference in how he speaks there and how he speaks in reading the book is quite interesting. Okay. Like, it's not as measured. It's not as, like, it's a bit more, like, off the cuff and okay. it's a bit more, like, conversational. It's interesting. I remember one bit from that book, um, which was when that woman made that um, racist tweet and then she went on the plane. Yeah, Justine Sacco. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. the bit That's that one I of the remember. main, because there's, like, four or five main sort of stories that he goes through and that's one of the main ones because okay. she is one of the, like, origi main, like, um, Twitter shame, mm, shame person who's yeah. been shamed on Twitter and what I thought was interesting, really interesting is like it um, was published in 2013 or 14 and, ha- and how like different it would be now to yeah. publish that book like, oh, ha- wow. how many more chapters he could have you could write about... several volumes yeah exactly Endless. like so it was all very much at the sort of beginnings of that sort of um, yeah. fate uh, not fate but that, that sort of um, trend is a weird word but of like yeah. how you know yeah. public shaming is like so much more of a huge thing with the rise of the internet so um uh it was very very interesting i enjoyed it it was it wasn't like 
incredibly compelling but it was had some good bits in it but I just kept thinking like he would say bits and then I'd be like oh yeah but what about this but that was something that hadn't happened yet so yeah and I suppose it would have been more compelling was, yeah. if there was like an updated version that there should be because there's so much yeah more he now. totally could do that I mean I think now it would be called so you've been publicly cancelled yeah because of this whole like cancel culture thing yeah but mm-hmm. it's interesting because a lot of podcasts and articles that I've been um reading in the last couple of months have all been talking about this whole um about this whole sort of dialogue around cancel culture and now have we reached a point where we're sort of post cancel culture and actually like that was born out of wanting to you know do the right thing and call out um abuses or like wrong behaviors Mm. but actually how um how productive is cancel culture really yeah and i think you know some people should just be cancelled yeah um, put straight in the bin yeah Yeah. but i think a lot of other people you know are put off by activism or like speaking their mind because they're worried about being cancelled or not educated enough and i think that it um it speaks to a real sort of um class issue as well and 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 classism and um sort of people looking down on people for not necessarily like having all the right language or having read all of the right books and i think that it's so much more nuanced than people have in the recent past given credit for and people have been cancelled in a quite cruel and untoward way that actually doesn't um help the cause of what they're trying to yeah. uh, fight for it can be really gatekeeper as well you know like we, we decide what's right well yeah actually um john Ronson kind of kind of goes into his very end like summary chapter is uh he's talking to a friend and he quotes like his friend who says sort of like like you say gatekeepery it, are we now creating this like space where we decide exactly what's right and therefore it's a very like strict small moral code that's like built around people's sort of uh, base reactions to things and stuff like that and it's like what actually is happening yeah if if you have a space like that without Mm. um new voices coming in or more people experiencing or being part of the conversation then quickly that conversation will become outdated and conservative yeah in a way you know you're just in an echo chamber of the few people yeah Yeah, exactly Exactly. you're not learning about other people and there's a lack of empathy in that and um it kind of what we should be thinking about is that everyone is always learning. So being open to admitting if you've said something wrong yes. or that you said something that's incorrect and be like acknowledging that, but um, not just dismissing that person or people completely because then progress just stops. Yeah, exactly. That, that's that's exactly right. Like I'm, I, like we said before, I think it was the when we spoke with Sophie about how it's um, so important to be able to say, I have, you know, we've definitely said things in our past that like I wish I hadn't said now but I've learned and I'm open to learning and I want to progress to be a better person yeah and I'm actively willing to do that and mm. it's like yeah but if you create like a culture that's just bam you said the wrong thing that's it you're yeah you're gone forever either then people, it doesn't allow for that that yeah. room no obviously either, there are levels of this and that's yeah, like yeah. The, the either point, people but... will say nothing or just very few people will say yeah. the things that will become doctrine and you just come into a like really unhealthy space with it but um i've been thinking about that a lot this week Mm -hmm. and this whole um idea of cancel culture and like being a bit more like generous with Mm. each other and i was thinking like i think that that's a real big reason why um queer eye has been so successful because mm. it's people who never would meet ordinarily um, looking at things that like bring them together rather than things that like polarise yes, them. And it's not really like ignoring the differences because often a lot of those differences yeah. are addressed in They'll different talk ways. About it. But it's more focusing and celebrating 
the sort of universal things that most of us can relate to. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's been a really good example for people. I suppose, you know, I think now we see we see politics in such a binary. I mean, especially in America, of yeah. like right mm. versus left. And I think that if you look at it that way from either standpoint, I think so many people are getting stuff out of that show because neither side feels attacked or looked down on. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think maybe that's yeah. why. I end up talking about Queer Eye every week, but it's just, you can relate <laughs> oh, it back to yeah. anything. <laughs> it's just nice. And obviously it's like season three time, so we'll, we'll be talking about it quite a lot. I think as well, the council culture stuff can really distract from like the good work that activists or people sort of at the forefront of those kind of conversations are doing because it's the kind of thing that now is very much picked up in um, in media and news and yep. Twitter and that's what's focused on it's like this person said this thing that's a bit off and we don't actually focus on like this is the work that we're trying to do and what we're trying to achieve and it just takes away that narrative yeah it sensationalizes yeah, um, it's, it's just yeah, like which really is always not useful poisonous to sensationalize so yeah no I agree but yeah so that is what I have read I've also been reading another book called Moshi Moshi which is by Banana Yoshimoto who's a Japanese author who I've like read about and wanted to read some of their books for ages so I got this one out from the library and it's about like a woman a woman and mother who um their father like they find out had their father and husband find out had an affair and then goes and like commits suicide with this woman in a forest and it's all about like their grieving process post that and it's a really like lovely like um piece of discussing grief and like also it just is really I really enjoy like I'm like really want to go to Japan it's like my number one place to go so I really like what reading books are set there and like imagining I'm in that world (laughs) QL take Tokyo (laughs) so yeah that's really good but I'm 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 only a bit about the third or halfway through so I I won't talk about that so much right now but um what have you you been reading anything finished anything I have but I'm just speaking on Moshi Moshi when you first said it I did think that it was going to be a book all about the brand new stuff (laughs) it's a it's a brand new autobiography yeah um, yeah and i know that like brand new are like a bit cancelled now but um yeah I well yeah liked but that song loads that's when I was younger. do you remember when me and my ex-girlfriend did you a um cover version of that as a oh crying God, present yes so i i've been through a breakup and it was really like terrible and then i came to live with you because yeah. i was working it was when i was working in production so i was in i was in studio yeah like, working crazy hours and you lived in town and i moved back with my mum for a bit while i was like doing the breakup and then I remember it so clearly because <laughs> I came in and I was like fragile. Yeah. And you were like, come and sit down. Yeah. You were like being like really nice. And then you'd like <laughs> made think... the bedroom because it was when you were like traveling, I think. Yeah, you, you were. were. Yeah, so yeah, I was so like in your room. Yeah. Thank you. That's okay. And um, <laughs> Glad you'd, to like, service. you'd put like a bunch of a bunch of yeah. flowers on my bed, Aww. some chocolates, and then um, you printed out a queer essay for me to read. It's just like some nice oh, like shit. reading. Yeah. Yeah. As the oh, prologue to our podcast today, <laughs> we'd always be, you know, living for the queer culture. Yeah. And there was just this like um extra bit was it like on a on a cd or was it in your computer i can't remember but i can't remember i remember there was something where i was like what is this yeah and we had to be like <laughs> yeah and then, <laughs> and then you played it and then they had done their own instrumental cover of moshi moshi by brand new because it's my favorite song who had done the cover me and sean oh that's so, <laughs> that's so nice what the hell I've never done anything like this with me. Excuse me. How many times did I buy you vodka when you were underage? <laughs> that is the same level of care. And yeah. yeah. That's very nice. That's wow. a gift in its own way. Yeah, what a exactly. friend. Um, it was yes, really nice. I want to try and find that. I, I was just thinking, I wonder where that is. Yeah. I think it was on your computer or something yeah. but um, you got to find that well okay, maybe we should um, to the we archives. should release it as a podcast bonus oh my god no <laughs> <laughs> hell no 
it can be on one of our fallow weeks when we're on holiday. We'll just put just that put out. that on the loop. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy. Um, but yeah, okay. that that'd be great. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure the fans would be looking forward to hearing that. But um, uh, on book, yes. As I mentioned previously, I have finished conversation with the friends actually on my commute home. So ah, okay, very yeah. uh, soon. Izzy's covering her ears again. <laughs> yeah. Um, Don't say anything, but just tell me what you thought about it. Do you think? in general? Because at the, yeah. at the point um, when we talked about it, when you started it, you said you weren't so sure, and I said. Um, I'm interested to see what you think when you finish it. Yes, I ended up liking it a lot more than okay, I did at the yeah. start. But you know what I think the problem was? Um, I think, well, I think that I enjoyed the um, other one more. I'm not saying anything is it's okay. okay. She's like catatonic, I'm like, um, <laughs> She's like going inside out with anxiety. Honestly, it's a thing. It's a thing. Um, I'm not going to... More on that later. I'm not going to do it, you can trust me. Okay, I trust um, you. Yeah, so I think that with um, with normal people, I, I did like that more. Yeah. Um, but I think with conversations with friends, someone had told me, and this isn't a spoiler because in fact it's just like the opposite of that because I got the wrong idea. Yeah. <laughs> someone told me that it was um, a series of short stories. Oh. Um, or I misunderstood. Yeah, okay. Somewhere along yeah. the line I have, don't know, like thought, thought that that's what it was yeah so i think when i first started reading it and it was just kind of like about these two girls going around for dinner or whatever yeah i was just like not emotionally invested yeah, in it you were like the this... whole book yeah okay fair enough yeah so yeah. I, I, I was more just kind of like skimming through to be like okay what's the point of this short story so I'm like, like when's it gonna end yeah, yeah, like, go, <laughs> yeah, yeah so i was yeah. in it i was in a bit that's of a weird a weird way to approach it and because that book is so the opposite of a short story like it's so yeah. tiny moments and yeah. complicated emotions and mm. like the very sort of intimate weavings of relationships it was like the complete opposite of how I was treating it yeah, I suppose in, yeah. in the beginning absolutely okay interesting um, which is funny because it, it it was very sort of similar tonally to the other book and, and yes, such is Sally yeah. Rooney's style yeah. so I was kind of like oh yeah it was a bit weird for her to like do the like sort of sweeping short stories yes, yeah. um, <laughs> but I thought you know she could have done a collection yeah, of, yeah. and she's done some short stories she I think has, in, yeah. the, in the New Yorker I think maybe yeah. um, like one but anyway, um, I did like it, and um, yeah, I just can't wait for her to write more. I know, yeah, she is a very exciting person she's to have around in our so lifetime. Talented, it's excruciating. Yeah, it is excruciating, especially because she's like two years younger than us. Yeah, I know. That's she, it. She can just <laughs> swears. She can just catch. She can just capture those feelings that like. I haven't had since I was a teenager or in my very early 20s. Yeah, she okay. does it very, very, it's very so well. And you're yeah. right back there and you're like, oh, I forgot this. But now that I'm remembering it again, it's like all I can remember. Yeah. And it, it really um, it really just sticks with you like throughout your day. It's sort of very Definitely. Like, permeating. Definitely. Wow. Yeah. No, um, yeah, she's very, very good. Yeah, such a good writer. So you'll have to read that. Get it on BorrowBox because I'm I'm handing it back so you can get it. Okay, I'll I'll be there. You tell me. I'll click, you click. Okay, great. So Izzy, have you been reading anything? Yes, I have actually. So nice. Yeah, I'm loving it. Um, Even though most of the time I have to skip that part of the podcast because of spoilers. Oh, God. (laughs) It keeps coming back around. Yeah. It's all about like... Stop don't spoil the news out. for me stop it <laughs> no, the news. Stop, but i haven't read the news yet okay you can lay into me later um they, will do so i'm reading a book at the moment called revolting prostitutes which number one is a great name for a book um and it's all about the fight for sex workers rights yeah um it's written by juno mack and molly smith um i bought this after an event at partisan i do go to other places but <laughs> not that much and why would you yeah. no. um 
Oh uh, yeah, so it was an event at Partizan where um, both the authors were at and they talked about the books um, that they've written and it's amazing. It's all about, um, like I say, the fight for sex workers' rights and situates it in kind of, it situates it in current discourses um, on of sex work and prostitution in feminism and um, kind of looking at sex work in wider economic terms and how it fits in um capitalism how it fits in borders all that kind of stuff and it's just um both the authors themselves are sex workers but as they write in it they're they're not it's not like a sexy expose of their exploits or whatever yeah of course like not the point secret diary of a cool girl yeah Yeah. (laughs) although that's a great book yeah but they say that the whole point for them is that um, in terms of the fight for sex workers' rights, it's very much led by sex workers, but the um, conversations that are generally had about prostitution and about sex work are had by people who have no experience of it and have very um, one-sided views of it that are pulled from another kind of point of view. So they really lay into what they call carceral feminists. So that's um, feminists who go for like policing as a resolution to an issue so like so um what they really clearly explore is how um the decriminalization of sex work would be um a really good win for sex workers rights and you know we have this really clear understanding of you know uh, the criminalization of abortion being a terrible thing for um women's rights for their safety especially because it still happens yeah and it's the same thing sex work still happens even if you're criminalizing it it just makes it way 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 less safe for the people who are doing the yes, work absolutely. and you put the power into other people's hands um so that's really good but i'll, I'll read a, a little quote from it yeah just, just yeah just before that yeah. um i had just saw an article this afternoon about mm-hmm. how new york, new york might yeah. are gonna move hopefully move to decriminalize decriminalizing sex work yeah, so um that links yeah. very nicely so um, if you read this book you'll understand why that's so great yeah <laughs> yeah and very important the, um dan savage on savage lovecast always has a really um eloquent and amazing um co- contributor and i'm trying to remember what her name is and she's a sex worker and has been constantly fighting for this mm. for the past sort of like 10 plus Yes. Oh, wow. um, Amazing. I try. Um, I'll try and remember what her name is while you read okay. the extract. But yes, please do read us an extract so, yeah. from the book. This is very exciting. This makes me feel very much like I'm on queer longing. <laughs> yes. oh, well, you are. I know. Welcome. I know. <laughs> so here's the quote. You better believe it. <laughs> um, it's not the task of sex workers to apologise for what prostitution is. Sex workers should not have to defend the sex industry to argue that we deserve the ability to earn a living without punishment. People should not have to demonstrate that their work has intrinsic value to society to deserve safety at work. Moving towards a better society, one in which more people's work does have wider value, and one in which resources are shared on the basis of need, cannot come about through criminalization. Nor can it come about through treating marginalized people's material needs and survival strategies as trivial. Sex workers asked to be credited with the capacity to struggle with work, even hate it, and still be considered workers. You don't have to like your job to want to keep it. That is great. It's really good. And, and they, that is written incredibly well. Oh, it's, it's written a, so well. Yeah, it's so um, accessible. It's so readable. And they go through, yeah, like I've only, I'm about a third way through and the first thing they explore is sex and how the the conversation around sex work and um, prostitution is so focused on like the morality of sex. Yes. And it's like, that isn't the point really. No. Um, and that's also like 
taking it from the view it's putting all the power in the view of um people who buy sex and putting all the power in the view of people who say that like sex is like evil Mm. and that like brings it right back to the idea of like the revolting prostitute the prostitute is always seen as this like disgusting sight of a disgusting act rather than a person who needs to do a job and generally this job is the best way they can earn money to live a life definitely no that sounds great i'll definitely be snatching it off you once you're finished it's also a gorgeous book it is a gorgeous book what i only like realized at this point when Mm. you said it today was um that i always thought revolting as in revolting like revolution right which obviously is like it's double meaning definitely but when you said it today like oh what a great name for a book yeah i immediately thought horrible histories yeah (laughs) (laughs) which would be a great one of horrible histories but anyway um that sounds great great rec and um we should all be reading that and learning more about the decriminalization of sex work which we agree with so on to news this week there has been no escaping the unfolding um, revelation that brunei has introduced new laws which allow for stoning for adultery and sex between men and and this came out earlier this week so this would have been um possibly like nearly two weeks ago by the time this comes out and hopefully it will have been overturned and something will have been done by the time this podcast goes to air but at the moment um there people are calling for um different boycotts around it and there's a lot of like change petitions but we're quite limited as to what we can do at the moment and things are just still sort of filtering through and like finding ways to be able to push back push back against it um the problem that I'm finding while I'm following the story is that I feel that there's been quite a lot of distraction and um one of the key things which keeps coming up is um the boycotting of luxury hotels yes so this has come about because the sultan of brunei owns several or has part ownership yeah kind of stakes in these luxury hotels in america yeah Mm -hmm. so a lot of um celebrities and just loads of people that i have seen and follow on instagram have been um calling for the boycott of these hotels yeah and um it's kind of like the same it's the same sort of square it's like red and there's maybe like six or seven hotels and people are saying you know um boycott them don't go to these hotels and whilst i think that like obviously yeah like we are limited by what we can do people are feeling a bit powerless so finding ways to like take back control and i totally understand that are you as you know someone who i know in their like late 20s who probably has like an all right salary but it's just a normal person you know having an all right job are you really gonna go to like some you know six star hotel in beverly hills and you're calling for your friends to boycott it yeah i I just think like it's just a bit of a it's just a big distraction and this has all come from celebrities um tweeting out you know boycott this boycott that and you know I just think save it for the celebrity WhatsApp group. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> yeah. yes, it's a thing that you can do. Don't yeah. give, don't give money to evil dictators. Yeah. Like, don't do that. But it's detracting from what the real issue is because mm. all of these people like us who are just normal people outraged by this and, you know, queer people who are outraged by this and mm. frightened by it mm-hmm. and all of our allies and friends and most, you know, people with any sense and sense of compassion, mm. you know we're probably not going to be going to those hotels or have interest in that anyway. And it's just like, 
a sort of irrelevant side issue. It's not irrelevant, but it's kind of no, it's, yeah, it's no. detracting. No, absolutely. Yeah. Like I, I first saw it, um, like I think George Clooney was one of the first ones to say it. Basically, yeah. kind of thing was uh, on like the main in the mainstream, and I saw it, and um, I actually said to you, Izzy, I was like, oh, have you seen that George Clooney's like saying, don't go to these fucking posho hotels? Yeah. And I was like, it's just like I was like, yeah, I get it, and like a voice is a voice, good, but also like what they should really be doing is saying, right, what we're gonna do is not do this. What you can do as what or what we yeah. can all do is this or like whatever and like it's like you say it's detract detract yeah, and detract, I said, yeah. Save the celebrity what's yes. yeah absolutely yeah, it's a good exactly. thing to tell your yeah. friends who have yeah. standing you know rooms at the, the dorchester yeah, whatever exactly. hotel yeah. but for us it just makes no yeah. difference because we were never going to do that anyway yeah. and it's just been this thing that's been shared and shared well and shared. It, yeah. it just becomes one of those way, things it feels like it's been addressed when it hasn't yeah, yeah, it has that, that's exactly what i was saying it's that exact thing of like all of those sort of like um viral sort of style things or like where everyone like sends a thing out being like oh this is what you know i don't agree with this and here's the thing or like changes their facebook profile picture to have like a french fiber yeah. across it like just yeah. we've whatever it is yeah. Yeah. Charlie. So it's like, and then it's like yeah we've done it it's, it's done and yeah. then like we've next off. week it's fine because like we, we've we've done it um, it's not but, that easy but it doesn't that is not how it works and there's so much work to be done yeah. to to actually uh try and affect change yeah. in yeah. this way and it's really difficult because i think that you know whilst we've said whilst them raising that as a thing that they can do and control is absolutely not wrong yeah. and mm-hmm. it is you know a good thing to not go to those hotels yeah um, it is detracting and it also speaks to this wider issue of um celebrity involvement and mm. endorsement of um political topics yeah um and i don't know it's it's such a difficult it's such a difficult thing to have um, one opinion on because obviously it depends like every circumstance is is completely unique and i think that there are situations where it's completely appropriate and should be celebrated that people with that clout that, that certain people with that clout are able to apply their influence mm-hmm. to things that could end up really helping like i think um kim kardashian doing all of her work to help get in people who have been um like excessively incarcerated for like years way beyond what they should have been right. um, because mm-hmm. of like racist laws yeah and her doing all of that and she has like put this legal team together she's getting loads of people out of prison um and i think that's great and she's sort of doing that like slightly under the radar to be honest and i know there are a lot of other celebrities who are involved in things like that and take queer eye for example going to speak about the equality act um, yeah. today i think that like they're good examples but then when it's this sort of like out of touch viral post to be Mm. like don't go to these luxury hotels i just wonder like how useful is that really absolutely yeah Yeah. definitely i mean like the thing is like the example with the kim kardashian thing at least there she's like using her cash which is like the resource that's needed in that situation especially so like that's fine like use the power that you have and a boycott is using the power that you have but there's like so much more that I guess the general population could be doing that by focusing on like this um, press stuff around the hotels is like detracting from like, we could very easily push our MPs and politicians to speak out about this, to have our government um, you know, speak about this, like diplomacy does exist. Yeah, I was gonna um, say like, you know, it, I think a couple of the European countries, France, maybe Germany, a couple of others mm-hmm. um, have like publicly outcried it and said, you know, this is like terrible. But yeah. uh, as to at the point where I was reading about it, our government hasn't said a single thing yet. No. So, yeah. um, and I know it's very busy at the moment, but like 
come on. Um, and, and also, I think there's this whole thing about how, um, you know, they're, they're a member of the Commonwealth, the Brunei, so that there's mm. it's even more so we should be saying something about it, if not being like, yeah. you better buck up your ideas and, or... or you know you can't be part of the commonwealth anymore yeah. because it doesn't it doesn't it's not in line it's not in line with the commonwealth's values. values but but then but then there's also the fact that there are lots of um com- countries in the commonwealth that have uh, still it's still illegal to be lgbtq plus like well, and yes, everything so like, what I so, and, like it has been forever, like malaysia like yeah. Brunei, obviously this is now stoning by death death by stoning yeah. but it was still illegal there before that and stuff and yeah. there's 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 all these different places yeah. where it's it's still again illegal. because of because of the language around it and obviously that is horrific yeah it's it's had the cut through that you know other countries might not have so like mm. gay times rightly pointed out today and i shared it on our instagram story yeah there are several more countries yeah. that are in line with brunei's um stance on this yeah yeah so they aren't just one and they're all just one step away from like exactly um, yeah being the same so yeah exactly well oh so sorry yeah no the one that you shared was like where it's also punishable by death wasn't it yes yeah but then there were also a bunch of countries where it's still illegal, illegal. and therefore mm. only one step away from being like oh brunei have done it now and actually there's mm. those that do it so actually we're gonna do it as well so it's is it's a terrifying yeah. um way for things to go um but uh it does beg that question of um yeah what what can we do publicly you know outcrying it and stuff like that is obviously has power behind it but not enough in the way that it needs yeah. to and I, I, i've been finding some good resources for it on um, change.org that i also mentioned on our um stories unfortunately we don't have um the blue tick so i can't do swipe up to it but <laughs> one if, day yeah one day if but i have been sending some people the links yeah. on dms to it and um some stuff has gone through and like got the max amount of signatures but um the woman who um first made the the first change.org petition so that um the uk could like publicly say that we're against it basically yeah. that got all of its signatures yeah but then if you go to that original um petition she says you know there's still so much work to be done that's just one petition yeah. and then gives a list of i think five or six different things that we can do right next. That's, yeah so that sounds great Probably. that's that i feel like is the resource that should be being shared by celebrities yes definitely not, yeah. don't exactly. go to this luxury hotel yes, exactly yes. no actually exactly that's that's yeah the whole point yeah definitely yeah. it's just another example of like the celebrity stuff getting more attention than the actual activism which doesn't yeah. really help in the end mm-hmm in other news of sort of disappointing views as it were um last last week i saw um a bunch of tweets uh about uh question time which is obviously on like a thursday night and it was actually just after we recorded our last podcast um and there was a question around the whole uh lgbt uh teaching in schools uh again massive air quotes debate that's been going on in our country uh and the question was posed as is it morally right for five-year-old children to learn about LGBT issues in school? Uh, and I just thought it was incredibly disappointing, especially because we had just, I'd just come from recording the podcast with you where we'd been like, oh, actually in happier news on that, uh, MPs have said like, yeah, you def- we're definitely going to teach about LGBT, LGBT education. education. Yeah. And then I literally went home and saw on Twitter all of this about how the uh, question time had posed this question. And I think, you know, whilst it's definitely something that's in the news and in in the uh, in the public eye at the point, and they probably were going to talk about it on Question Time, it was the posing of the question in that frame. So yeah. they posed it as, uh, you know, it should really read 
is it morally right for five-year-old children not to learn about LGBT yeah. issues yeah. in school? If it's going to read like that, it's it should at least be bias that. in the question. Yeah, yeah it's. Um, uh, I've seen like loads of people tweeting about it, being like, "This is Everywhere. so disappointing. Why are you doing this? Don't do this. It's like really bad." And then a bunch of people being like, "Why is it bad? I, like, I don't stand." And then, because, well, the reasons yeah, exactly. why. And um, uh, I've been uh, I've been listening to um, a lot of podcasts about. Um, like I've been listening to Hoovering the the um, Jessica Foster Q podcast, which is all about um, eating and people's right, relationships okay. yeah. to, to food and things. And um, I listened to a couple of those, and obviously my main hun Sophie Hagen was one of the contributors um, on <laughs> she it. She gets so many shoutouts. Yeah, she gets so many shoutouts. Obsessed, but um, she but so it's just it's so interesting because it's like this question this this tweet you know should should we be doing Mm -hmm. this in schools it's like the language around um fatness yeah it's exactly the same yeah because it's not exactly the same but it's really similar like how people say oh but you know um it's it's not healthy yeah and um, you're gonna kill yourself yes exactly and it's like would you go up to your friend who like does um, extreme sport and go mm. you're gonna kill yourself you're gonna die yeah, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna fucking die like frame would, it in such a like, yeah. moral panic yeah, yeah this moral panic or like would you you know while your friend's having um, a ciggy outside and they've had like eight vodkas yeah. would you go up to them and go you're gonna die like do you not care about your health like do yeah. you you're a drain on the NHS oh, yes yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's this like um, this rhetoric that we've been fed our whole mm. lives and actually like when you stop to interrogate it for one second you're like oh my god this is so poisonous yeah and i think that like even the most sort of well-informed person can fall prey to that um that whole yeah rhetoric and that can so easily slide under the radar as a completely valid and balanced i'm just asking the question when actually if you just take off the top layer you see it for what it really is yeah i i yeah that's exactly it. i saw somebody tweet um i can't find a tweet right now unfortunately but they tweeted something along the lines of um you know people are asking why why we're so up in arms as queer people this is how it's been um quite like asked as a question and he's like try thinking about the fact like has has your existence ever been pulled into a moral debate yeah like yeah. N- no like as yeah. a straight person or whatever like no of course it hasn't and it's exactly that. It's, it's turning us as queer people into a moral issue yeah which yeah. is fucked <laughs> like yeah. that's that yeah. it's so it's so many steps back and it's very 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 disgusting. uh disgusting and scary so it's unfortunate that they did yeah. that they phased, phrased the question like that and um hopefully they will have learned from the reaction yeah. to like think about your language but i think the real scary thing in that is that that will probably gone through so many people and no one will have taken yeah. issue with that because oh, they will have exactly gone, it's part of the cultural zeitgeist yeah, oh, it's, it's very much yeah. on topic we need to talk about it we need to address yeah. it never taking into account like all of the um sort of gross undercurrents yes. that are bubbling underneath exactly. the very surface of that question yeah and um yeah i think it just speaks to like wider issues for other marginalized communities as well like yeah. all of the language around definitely that and on the topic of language, uh, especially in the in the queer um, cultural realm, um, Ariana Grande um, has been in the news this week after releasing her new song Monopoly, and people have been calling it um, a bisexual anthem. Yeah. But um, there's been quite a divide on how it's been received because um, there's certain language in um, in the song. 
because she um, collaborated with um, Victoria Monet for the song and Grande sings the line, I like women and men. And I think that Monet also um, says the same lyric, Yeah, mm. I believe. So I think that a lot of people have been like, oh yeah, it's so by anthem, this is so great. But because she has never sort of come out in any uh, way, yeah. I think that a lot of people are saying that she is just baiting and using that to um pull in the pink pound essentially. yeah and the, there was some chat about that with um uh break up with your i was girl, gonna say it's boyfriend a, girlfriend girlfriend wake <laughs> up with your girlfriend especially off the back because of, of the that. video and, and off the back of headlining manchester pride yeah and there's just been so many um sort of issues surrounding ariana grande aligning herself with queer communities but not coming out as being part of it yeah mm-hmm. um the what she has said um somebody tweeted saying um ariana ain't got a label herself but she said what she said yeah and ariana grande replied and said i haven't before and still don't feel the need to now which is okay and i think that like no one should be pressured into um you know confessing anything that they don't want to speak on yeah. or you know no one should be pressured into anything surrounding like talking about their own sexuality but you do have to wonder when when queer culture has been adopted in so many ways by straight people for money mm-hmm. um i think that like it's only natural that people are defensive and possibly yeah, suspicious and go to of, the questions of certain motivations yeah, yeah which is i think um fair enough i do know that um victoria Monet, who she did the song with is out by like proudly out and by yeah. so it's kind of like is it just that thing that she was um you know singing her mate's song with her and like just mm. they were both singing the same lyrics because that's just the way the song was um but then also but i don't think that if that's not the case i don't think you can do that yeah well yeah no yeah, yeah exactly I think for me as well, like Ariana Grande's had a lot of criticism um, put towards her as well for kind of uh, blackfishing, for appearing to be um, a person of colour as such when um, she isn't. Um, She's Italian. And um, that's had a lot of backlash Mm -hmm. I've seen from a lot of people of colour, especially women of colour. And this idea of kind of assuming the look of certain things and certain identities without actually having to deal with the issues that come with that or the the stigma that comes with that yeah um cherry picking yeah yeah Yeah. so it's it's definitely complex but yeah definitely there's there's probably like ten thousand podcasts that could be done around Mm -hmm. these kind of issues um but if you know she is queer uh and she just doesn't want to you know come out then and doesn't or or is saying and truly doesn't believe she needs labels or whatever then that is perfectly valid because you don't have to have labels you don't have to be pigeonholed into Mm -hmm. xyz or whatever so um yeah it's hard to know but but the conversation is going to be there whenever something like that. i guess it's just difficult when you know this community and like what you're saying with um with people of color who's like um sort of identities or aesthetics have been um stripped away um, re reused by um white women yeah for complete profit yeah for complete profit (laughs) in the same way that's happening with um with queer communities i think that it's only natural that this defensiveness has has bubbled up yeah and that's not to say that like that's the fault of ariana grande because it isn't it's not the fault of one person it's like Mm. the fault of 
this whole um sort of systemic issue that has yeah. been going on for, you know really intensively for the last sort of 20 years I definitely well in other music news uh what is your track of the week my track of the week this week, um, it was going to be um, last week as well, but I did Shura, yeah. um, Brooklyn, London. So now I'm using the one that I also wanted to say Oh last yes, week. I remember. Um, <laughs> Very measured. Yes. Well um, so I held back and this week it is Little Death by The Beth. Oh yeah, I like the best. I love the best. Yeah, really good. So they are um, a New Zealand band. They actually... Um, supported death cab for cutie when they came to manchester last oh, right. time yeah and i love little death so much for me it is like the perfect song because it has like all the bits that i like it's got loads of bits and loads of like <laughs> different bits which is yeah. nice yeah and it is so high school yeah it very much is it's lots of uh, raw emotion yeah and also what i really um what i really like about this band is that you can um really hear their new zealand accent oh i do which, like when an accent comes through yeah, yeah i love it and it's so refreshing when um you know even english people sound american when they oh when God. they sing yeah so it's really nice to hear that um yeah news that lovely new zealand accent um come through because i love new zealand accents yeah so um yeah it is the best and little death but that whole um album is really good and i love the album artwork so that's really yeah satisfying. it's very nice album yeah. artwork definitely um, yeah how about you so my track of the week comes from um, a new artist i've discovered called nilifa yanya who is uh, a London-based uh, like singer-songwriter. Um, and uh, I apologise if I said her name wrong because I might have done, and that's just my bad. Um, but her newest single, actually, I don't know if it's her newest single, I think it is, it's called In Your Head, and it's just a great like guitar sort of led pop bop. And um, her whole album which has just been released called Miss Universe is great and it's got this sort it's sort it's slightly conceptual it's got all these like tracks in between main tracks that um are like uh like someone over a tannoy being like uh and thank you for um subscribing to this thing blah 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 like oh no sorry actually it didn't do anything good for you uh goodbye forever and like just really like funny little bits like that and like it's Cute. a great album and in your head which is the lead single off it is loads of fun and that is my track of the week Great. Do you yeah. have a track of the week, is it? I do, actually. Oh, cool. yeah. I know, she, she came prepared. prepared. She did her homework. Well, I said to Lucy, I was like, oh, I haven't got a track for the week because I don't listen to any new music, really. Yeah. Like, that's it doesn't what, have to be new. But, and that's what I yes, said. I was like, it doesn't have so, to be new, just be of the week. Yeah, so I often listen to um, the Do You Breakfast show on NTS Radio, which is really good. It's just like online radio um, by Charlie Bones. And it's just really fun, like very varied, sometimes poppy, sometimes just like really relaxed, um, nice music. And sometimes very upbeat music to get you going on a Monday morning which is when I heard this it's a song called In the Club Before 11 O'Clock by, <laughs> by DJ Rashad it's like this really fast like footwork song it is um, it's very so funny. funny give it a listen and it will like get you going but also I just really agree with the message because the, the lyric goes like <laughs> it's like in the club for 11 o'clock trying to get down kind of early <laughs> I just I really I agree with it it's that good. Is, yeah. very that, much that is very yeah. much our we like so, to be in the club around about 11 o'clock yeah. leave yeah. by one home by one yeah. bed yeah. by one half one yeah. so, Mackie's yeah. Yeah. oh yeah Mackie's, Mackie's, Mackie's by one yeah. bed by half yeah. one I feel like the main reason that we go out is so that we can have chicken nuggets at the end yeah. <laughs> yeah. don't want like, it to be closed our gateway to McDonald's to those golden arches on songs I was reading an article on the old faithful auto straddle today and I wanted to ask you a question based off of it so it's titled songs to make you cry in the grove in sorry 
It's titled Songs to Make You Cry in the Grocery Store as Ranked Compared to Fast Car. So obviously, <laughs> Fast Car, fast car is such a in my car. Yeah. Fast Car is the pinnacle. Oh my so God. We, we must never beat that. No. But I wondered, do you have a go-to crying song? And if so, what is it? Well, this has like, just completely brought back to my memory something that happened to me last summer so last summer I was doing quite a lot of driving like driving to people's weddings and driving around like visiting people or whatever and um I uh had like a various playlists or whatever and I was ha- having a lot of feelings last summer so, so um, like oh my god so, so rude <laughs> As, as I've always said to my friends, I want my gravestone to read. Here lies Lucy Cecil. She had a lot of feelings. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, so and I like to listen to like songs that you can really like pound your like voice out to in like a car and also like just do some crying to or whatever. Yes. Um, and Fast Car was on there, obviously. Mm, but I have this like massive playlist, so it would be like just loads of different like weird shit would come on. I found myself absolutely bawling my eyes out to the one and only Escape by Enrique Iglesias. Oh my God, that is <laughs> so emotional. You can run. But you, you can't can hide. You can run, you can hide, but you cannot escape yeah. my love. Yeah, it's not a great message, but um, <laughs> that's what I'm It's start. a very powerful message, actually, oh, spoke to me. Is that the one that goes, if you feel yes, like leaving, leaving, I'm, I'm not gonna, gonna make, make you stay, stay, but soon you'll be finding, you can run, you can hide, but you can't escape my love. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And That's I just good. like it came on. I remember, and I was just driving. I think back to Manchester after like a weekend away somewhere. Yeah. And I was in my feelings, and it just like it, I, I, I think I've been doing a lot of repressing. And it had, probably could have been any I, song. Yeah, it could have been just... any song. And, and I've been on driving for a bit, whatever. And, yeah. and but it was just that exact moment, and I just I think I'd also just hit the fifty miles an hour on the M6. I was annoyed about it, and then just bam, Enrique. And then uh, yeah, it all just came out, and I was like, God, what? And I was like, What is happening? It's dangerous. <laughs> but yes, it was. Um, very emotional time, and um, Enrique Iglesias is my birthday body. So, oh really? Yeah, yeah. Him and uh, David Attenborough and Gary Glitter, but we won't talk about that. No. Um, so, no. right, uh, yeah, no. That's that, that's like a memory of mine. Um, I mean, I have many other crying songs, but uh, too many to go into. We could do a whole pod that's, of them. We should most, do a whole. That's, pod. Your that's my one. most recent like memory one. Well, okay. it's not my most recent, my most recent <laughs> one. That's not a uh, lie. But <laughs> Izzy, do you have any that come to mind? Well, just on Fast Car, I did have a little weep to Fast Car when I was mm. in um, Sri Lanka on my own in oh, January. Oh. Went for a work trip, fabulous, and then was uh, <laughs> traveling by myself. It was fine, had a, had a right time. Yeah. Very stressed at work, I think, mm. overall. Sat in this cafe with some absolute boys opposite me, so I was a bit <laughs> sad about that. Um, yeah, it just came Shri-Lad- on. And I was, I was like, had a little, little tear, so it's confirmed. Um, it universal cry yeah. yeah. song. Yeah. It's um, a magical potion the, of the, song. the world yeah. over. Yeah. I would say maybe like the first thing that came to mind for me was like Lilac Wine by Jeff Buckley. <gasps> That's one of mine. Mine. So That's mine, one of mine. So mine is Last Goodbye by Jeff. Oh, shit. Jeff, yeah. you've done it again. Yes. Absolute yeah, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff knows how to do it. Lilac yeah. Wine is one of my bath songs, mm. and when I say like bath song, I also mean crying songs. Yes. I like yeah. to cry in yeah. the bath. I mean, just yeah. let's face it. Anything by Jeff Buckley, yeah. you're just gonna oh, cry your eyes out. What, what, a, what a beautiful, beautiful voice. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, ask that Quezza. Yeah. Great one. Just yeah. on Jeff Buckley, it's a fun story. My um, my first boyfriend from year seven. Um, we used to mess each other on MySpace uh, lyrics from um, fucking what's the most famous Jeff Buckley song? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> it was the height of romance. I was absolutely schmitten. Loser. You tied me to the kitchen chair. <laughs> This one's for you, Jacob. 
shit me, that's funny. Speaking of places where you can be yourself and be emotional. I read an interesting article on The Guardian entitled Queer Today, Gone Tomorrow, The Fight to Save LGBT Nightlife, Mm -hmm. um, written by David Shariat Madury. Um, and it's basically all a, p- a piece about mainly um, London-based LGBT spaces yeah. that since um, uh, for the past like sort of 10 or 20 years have been slowly been demolished and like there's been less and less. Yeah, there's a absolutely. stat that, um, where is it, was shocked me. Yeah, here we go. I'll just read this. From 2006 to 2017, the number of LGBT clubs, bars and performance spaces in London dropped dramatically from 121 to 51. Wow. Isn't that shocking? Yeah. Yeah, so um, it's all uh, about like these different places and like what have ha- what's happened to them. You know, various ones so have sad. been like demolished for Crossrail, various ones have just shut down because there's no funding or there's people who've been running it who, who, who didn't have the resources to actually run mm. it properly and stuff like that. Um, and priced um, out. yeah, priced out, etc. Uh, and it's a really great article. I'll link it in the show notes. Um, give it a read. Um, and it did talk about um, actually the how there is a new uh, scheme to start a new LGBT community. Is it called community centre? I think in mm. in London, which does have some funding behind it, and hopefully is like going to become a thing. It's weird that to me that that doesn't actually exist already, yeah, but um, it, they're they're hoping to open it. Again, I think it's like the idea of like reopening yeah. one that had shut down okay. um, to like bring it back to life. Um, but what it made me think about was how much there is an, an incredible need for queer spaces yeah. and for safe spaces for people. And um, actually, very conveniently, have Izzy on today who Hi. is going to talk to us about <laughs> um, partisan and also fatty acid, the yeah, in-house queer, queer, space queer night. Specialist. Yes. <laughs> yeah, queer space Hardly. specialist. But yeah. Um, yeah, so Izzy, could you first off mm-hmm. let us know just a bit about Parzan yeah. and what Parzan is and what it aims to do, etc. Yeah. And what your role is. And oh, yes. Okay, so Parzan is um, a collective and volunteer run space in Manchester. So it's a arts and social space. We kind of have a venue on the bottom floor and then we have more of a community centre on the top floor. Yeah. And Parzan was created exactly... It, not so much with a queer focus, yeah. Um, although original members were queer mm-hmm. um, and trying to find those kind of spaces, but it was created out of a need um, for spaces that um, their priority wasn't just making profit, yeah. Um, and spaces where you could do more DIY work or people could make the space themselves. So, um, especially in terms of live music, artists, and um, a space to support people who can't afford to go to a lot of different events. Right. Great. Um, so partisan is um, a not-for-profit, so all the money that we make, um, which is not loads, (laughs) just to preface that, we um, put back into Partisan and running it. So that allows us to provide free space to social justice organisations and charities and campaign groups, um, including we have two offices that are held by Women Asylum Seekers Together and Safety for Sisters, which is a domestic abuse charity. Um, And we also run all sorts of random things. So because it's a member-run organisation, you can join as a member on the website. Um, It's as cheap as, like, a pound a month. Yeah. Um, And it's free if you're unemployed or asylum seeker or refugee, um, homeless, um, and so on. It's kind of sliding scale of um, pay what you can. And um, as a member, the space becomes your own and you can plan and do what you want with it. So I went to my first partisan meeting in August last year and I kind of sat in the general meeting and being a bit like, I don't really know if I can be helpful. Like, I don't have 
certain skill sets like you know I'm not, I'm not a DJ or I'm not a carpenter or whatever yeah. and um the, you know like DJ carpenter yeah DJ carpenter <laughs> um and then at the end of it um Viv uh who's this fabulous um babe um at the end of it just went in any other business they went I want to start a big gay party so if anyone wants to join me like I have no idea how to do it so let's make it happen and I was like oh gorgeous yeah and I was like that sounds really fun that's a brand new thing that I can help out with yeah um not that I've ever run a party before or done events or anything and that's the kind of thing you can just make it happen it is DIY yeah so in the end we got a core group of about five of us together and we held the first fatty acid where does the Um, name come from so that was Viv's idea so the idea is um fatty acids are trans fats so one of the key points for fatty acid is we wanted to create a space so it's for trans and queer folks and their friends um so you know it's open for everyone but we wanted to create a space that was very visibly and forcefully pro-trans because we felt like that was something that is severely lacking in a lot of queer spaces and also is something that is at threat um those, those identities are at threat we held the first fatty acid in November and it's kind of a mix of an event. Again, we saw that a lot of queer spaces um, or like queer entertainment is very alcohol focused yeah. and it's very clubbing focused. And you might be like in a club and you might meet someone you want to chat to and get to know better and you have to go talk to them in the smoking area where it's cold and Absolutely, wet and disgusting. Yeah. And bleh. so <laughs> um, the whole point is that it's a mixed kind of night. So it starts off with um, kind of a, in the community space upstairs we have food um that people can buy for cheap and we serve curries uh vegan curries Mm -hmm. (laughs) so we serve curries and food we have speed friending we have little like um tiny like drop-in workshops as you feel spaces to just chat to people um and then you know once you've kind of met some people and introduced yourselves to people then um everyone can move downstairs and then we have a cabaret starting so uh drag acts Brilliant. um performance like there was such a good like clay Mm. um you were you there i i went to the last one but i didn't turn (gasps) up till quite late and i only saw maybe two or three of the acts oh my god it's this amazing performance where this person like molded another person out of clay they were completely both covered in clay like and just molded this like human (laughs) statue out of clay it was amazing it It was so good so um the next fatty acid is on the 12th of april which is friday if you're listening to this when it comes currently we will be there yeah, yeah. and it's gonna be amazing so it's just like been built by a load of babes who wanted to make it happen see a space that they didn't feel was existing um we've had open planning sessions and we will do for future events as well including like crafting lucy came and made a lot of uh decorations because yeah. the theme is secret still secret decorations Although you could probably oh. guess it if you just look at the facebook you look at emojis um, <laughs> but, um yes it was loads of fun um yeah. apart from i'm really bad at cutting but it was a good time um and yeah it will be loads of fun the last one was loads of fun even though i missed most of the performances so i'm definitely gonna make sure i get there for yeah. the performances this yeah. time um and it's just a great really 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 nice space like yeah. everyone seemed supremely friendly yeah and it was obvious that there was like something happening there if that makes sense yeah. like that it yeah. was like so refreshing to so many people to also, exist in that space if you fancy going and you like don't know many people that might want to go mm-hmm. or um 
you do have someone to go with or whatever your circumstances like as he says like it's really open to and encouraging of you to like meet new people while yeah um, while you're there definitely so don't worry about going on your own like yeah it's a, it, it, it supports that basically yeah we also have a way of um you can contact the organizers beforehand through our email which I don't know if you can contact the organizers uh, organizers beforehand through Facebook um, and just tell us, you know, like, oh, I'm coming by myself and we'll like buddy you up with someone. We've got special yeah. volunteers there to, as like hosts to welcome people in and make sure they feel fine. Like not overbearing. You, they'll leave you alone if you want. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you can say hi to us and we'll give yeah. you a sticker. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my God. Yes. Bring the stickers. We will bring the stickers. Definitely. Um, yeah. So it's just really lovely. And like, even though it does turn into a, it's kind of more of club night because we do do DJs at the end. We still keep the upstairs um, calm and quiet. It's a retreat that you can yeah. go to. So that's I, where you can talk to your new friends. one of friends. my favorite things about Partizan and nights yes. at Partizan is that you can just go upstairs and have a little sit down. Yeah. Yes. And it's comfy sofas. So gorgeous. And there's loads of like really great like dilapidated sofas in like the yeah. nicest way. I don't mean oh. that in a horrible way. Free sofas. But um, yeah, and it's just great. And you can just have a little like shut eye maybe and a little just chat and then you can be like right well I'm ready for s- yeah. some more bangers and then and you like, go right down often when you're on a night out like there's some like hot goss or you need to like talk to some friends yeah. about things and there's just like Absolutely. not a place to do that or like yeah. you say you uh, on the chirps and you meet yeah. someone and it's a vibe or you just meet some nice friends and you want to get to know them more like yeah, yeah. it's great to like have a bit of a dance and stuff but yeah. also like yeah. you need different things from a night out sometimes definitely. yeah definitely partisan thinks about all those bits which yeah. is cute so yeah as i said in the beginning it's aggressively queer so we make no apologies for you know everything and it's uh, radically tender so that's the idea that we have this comfortable space we also um have like a changing room space that we've built with like really nice fancy curtains so you can go and get changed into whatever you want to wear um that night without being in like a cramped horrible bathroom and feel like you're like yeah, yeah um so it's like this really lovely thing we great. also yeah we also have um makeup artists so we make it for free we've got loads of makeup donated by lush thank you oh, dream, um, dream boys. yeah um yeah lovely things um Aww. we're also supported by superbia thanks superbia <laughs> <laughs> superbia is part of manchester pride um and they support um the kind of pride programming throughout the year so if you go on their website you can see like all of the greatest and best um queer events happening in manchester especially yes perfect that was Amazing, everybody make your way to queer oh no, make your way to fatty acid. <laughs> queer longing. <laughs> I mean Well we will be. <laughs> yeah. Queer longing and lots of people will be queer longing. Yeah. And it'll be fatty great. acid feet queer longing. <laughs> <laughs> My god. Um yes. Uh and it promises to be a very good thing that hopefully will continue for a yeah, very long we'll, time. Yeah. We'll put the event in the show notes for anyone yeah. who isn't um familiar with it already. You can just click through and find it and as Izzy said if you want to um, speak to one of the um, organisers or people on the staff directly about any questions that you might mm-hmm. have then that's there for you yeah and just to say as well it's really cheap to go and it's free if you need it to be free for you and we have a taxi fund for people who need a safe ride home primarily trans women of colour but we wouldn't police that gorgeous we agree with it we agree with it I'm glad but what don't we agree with this week well it's time for I don't agree with it. Okay, well, I'm actually going to turn this over to Izzy first, because uh, you're the nice uh, new voice we've got this week. So what do you <laughs> not agree with? It may have come through in uh, your listening so far. <laughs> in the 28 years of my life. <laughs> I feel like it's a more recent thing that I've become it is more, more It is more it I is love that, like, it, it oh, wait, predates yeah, Izzy's predates, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just thought that. I told you, math sucks. <laughs> she sensed it. Bad at numbers. She sensed you it a whole so thing. Bad at a whole three and I and am half the years. office manager for an accountancy firm. 
shit. Okay. Uh, yes. Sorry. Izzy. I I do not agree with spoilers. Oh. I. You really don't agree with them. I, it's, I can't. I can't deal with them. You, like, you definitely yeah. can't. I think we actually outed you for this. We a did couple of episodes uh, early on. Did you? Yeah, yeah. because <laughs> well, I, I went to say something, then went, "Oh, is he shut your ears?" Well, that, yeah, spoiler. you did. Well, that's yeah. the thing. Like, I uh, when I listen, I when it gets to the books bit, especially, I have to be like, ooh, 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 and then I pause it and I do a little like, or I'll turn it down really low and you can kind of tell like by the, the, the intonance that, yeah. that like you're still talking about the book and then it kind of changes and I'm like, okay, I can listen again. <laughs> it's, but it's it's become a bit too much of an obsession. It's, it's such, you it's are, really frustrating. You are obsessed with it and like to the point where like, you can't even be like... Um, I don't even want to know if it's good. Yeah, you don't even want to know if we if, if like I've been to the cinema or something. So, prime example, mm. I went to see if Beale Street could talk before... Oh, this is a huge one because Moonlight was my favourite film yeah. ever. So before I was you like, and Adam Ooh. went to see it later yeah. in the week. And um, you were like, do not tell me anything about the film. I don't even want to know what it was... If you're tired after it, I don't want to know if you liked it. I don't know anything about it. Nothing. So, when I got home, um, you, I, I think I just saw you guys and then you, you were like, oh yeah, how are you or whatever? And I was like... Yeah, I'm fine. Um, I've just come back from doing absolutely nothing, and it, and it was like quite late. And you were like, yeah. and you were like, what? You were I was like, like, oh. No, I think you asked me where have you been, yeah, and I said, I oh, I've, I've just come back from doing absolutely nothing. Um, and and you were like, what? Like, and then you were like, what? Like, I think you were like, what? I was a little concerned. Yeah, you were a little concerned, and I was like. I've been to the cinema to not see a film. And then I was like, good night. And then I just like, went to bed. <laughs> Ran to the bathroom. Because I respect that it's a, yeah. an issue for you. Um, really but is. you can't even, yeah, if I had said to you like, yeah, it was really good. Too that, much. And that's it. That's too much for you. Are you yeah. like that about things that you're never going to no. see or consume? No. So for like, like a lot of the telly stuff, like I'll know I probably won't watch those like yeah. shows and stuff just because I don't actually watch that much TV. Um, and so I'll like kind of listen to that. But if it's anything that I've thought that I want to watch and that's when it gets really, really bad. And there was like, <laughs> yeah. So for example, like Bill Street Could Talk was like yeah. a huge one. And then um, I'd heard that Moonlight was going to be good actually. And so much so that I... I didn't like consume anything about it but I had the impression that it was a documentary so I went in to watch it and you just got that first shot where it like spins yeah. around yeah. the two guys like yeah. really beautifully yeah. and I was like wow yeah. this what is a docu- some documentary and I was like it took me a good while to be like it's not documentary. I wish we'd had the podcast then so we could do like a five piece special on Moonlight. Uh, what a gorgeous, it's beautiful. gorgeous I've, film. Interestingly, I was in Pakistan for work um, a couple weekends ago. That's a jet setter. Yeah, you're making yourself out to me. <laughs> which you are. It's, those are my two work trips that I've done <laughs> in my career. And, um, <laughs> career. and um, I was in Lahore and I spent a lot of time in the hotel. <laughs> handily and they first off showed like all the spider-mans wonderful love it and then um because i didn't i was only there for three days i didn't let myself like jet lag so i just stayed up till 5 a.m each um night morning nice and they started showing moonlight and i was really surprised oh. that they were showing moonlight on pakistani tv yeah. it was interesting they did cut out certain scenes they cut well they they had the scene with um them both on the beach uh, sorry spoiler okay. alert yeah uh, they had them both on the beach but they cut out a um, the sexual act. Yeah, obviously. Right. But yeah, it was okay. yeah, and I thought like, oh, that's yeah. sick that this is actually that's good. They were showing telly. I've been meaning yeah. to ask you about um, your trip to Pakistan, but clear the book purely yes. from um, a selfish podcast perspective. Oh, question. Yeah. So when you were in Pakistan, we mm. got. Um, downloads for the podcast in Pakistan, which I assume yes. was you. Yes, but staying up late, we had more downloads than we had podcasts. 
So I'm just wondering, either like, did I you went recommend into the it? future and I downloaded future podcasts. <laughs> yeah, like, did oh. you recommend it to anyone, or is it just like some weird coincidence that Someone other people in Pakistan were listening? I hope it's that. Yeah, I didn't recommend it to anyone. I'm Rude. sorry. Yeah. Um, I... Bad street team member. Yes, yeah, sorry about that. Because <laughs> it was um, like double the amount of episodes. Right, unless I I just had like downloaded the episodes all like twice. Yeah, but it like, didn't work like that. Yeah, I don't no. think. yeah you can't do yeah. that. No, yeah. weird. Yeah. Okay, interesting. So there you go. Shout out. Yeah, other, great. Um, cool. Pakistani queer longing fans. Nice. Yeah, shout out to you. Okay, right. So that's your, I don't agree, but Olivia, what's yours? Um, well, mine this week. <laughs> Mine this week is actually another um, sartorial okay. disagreement. And mm-hmm. um, so last week it was shoe blends. Yeah. I don't agree with shoe blends. Um, this week, what I don't agree with is, and oh, it was so bad. So basically, what I don't agree with are Canada Goose jackets. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Same, 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 same. Because why are they so ubiquitous? Everywhere I go. They are everywhere. But they're so expensive. They're so expensive. So how are all these people affording these like celebrity coats? And then I was, went out for dinner yesterday and I was sat on like a bench seat. So like really close to the person next to me. Mm. And I was talking about how I don't agree with Canada Goose jackets. The woman next to me was wearing a Canada Goose Shit. jacket. I know. Oh, and no. it was the worst. So I just had to kind of like recover quickly and then just like shut my down and be like, yeah. oh, bye. Um, <laughs> they are ridiculous. They are so expensive. So and expensive. Yeah, my, and my friend at work, her, her sister like bought one and she's like 17 or something. No, 18 wow. or something. And it's like unreal that she had enough money to buy a fucking Canada Goose How much, how much is a Canada Goose? They're like 600 quid. Yeah. yeah. It's it, unreal. Because it's made of... of, of Canada goose. Well, yeah, I yeah, was in I, I was in London around Christmas on like for my absolute sins on um, Oxford Street, like <laughs> four days before Christmas. It was awful. Yeah. Um, Mistake and, to make it. Yeah, <laughs> and like went out and passed. I guess the Canada do goose, the Canada goose shop or a shop that sells them, and there were loads of like animal rights protesters outside, being like, "You're a murderer." They definitely had a lot of photos of wolves, which I don't know how many wolves are used. I guess maybe the fur, like the maybe the fur lining. Yeah, but yeah. um Another reason to not agree with it, my, if you feel for the geese. My friend works um, as a visual merchandiser. <laughs> hate geese. Okay. Don't agree with geese. <laughs> you do hate don't, geese. Don't want them to die. No, just very you're scared. so scared of them. That's, that's, that's less than that's not an agree aside. with them. When I was them. younger, my friend got nipped in the wolves by <gasps> a, a goose. Fuck off. I'm yeah. never going to go to a canal again. I have to move. I'm you have, have to leave my I have to leave right I'm now. I have to move to a different city. Shit. Yeah. 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 So you need to go to Nottingham. You need to go to Derby or something. It happened in Buxton, no, so don't go to Buxton. Shit. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Great. <laughs> got, got reasons not to go to Buxton, anyways. Uh, personal reasons. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> My friend works in Selfridges right. as a visual uh, merchandiser. Yeah. So you know how it's kind of like all um, all set up into like different bits of shop. Yeah. What yeah. do you call that? Uh, like, concessions. Concessions. Yeah. What? Um, yeah. You. Do, okay. I was trying to wow. remember the word. And it is that. <laughs> Never heard that before. Yeah. So it's like you know, like a shop within a shop. So you know, like in Selfridges, there'll be like yeah. a top shop, and yeah. there'll be you know a Ted Baker, a Ted Baker, yeah. yeah, and like in John Lewis. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, loads of people go in, and apparently, um, where she works is quite close to that concession, right? And she is um, a big like animal rights hun and Mm -hmm. um, a confirmed vegetarian and all the rest of it and um, people come asking her all the time like where the Canada Goose jackets are and she just is like we've run out (laughs) brilliant but she agrees (laughs) that 
that's brilliant. I love it. That's so good. What yeah. a move. Yeah, love she it. doesn't want anyone to to have them, so I think that's dead funny. But yeah, just absolutely. Mm. I think it's just more the 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 ubiquitousness of them. Yeah, and like I always wonder with like anything that becomes some kind of like pop culture phenomenon or just any sort of phenomenon in the like zeitgeist of life who is the decider yeah bizarre isn't it and it just filters through so so um quickly and ferociously and then all of a sudden everybody's wearing these jackets and it's like where did that come all it all it takes is the right influences and then for the right people to be influenced yeah here they are here they are wearing their canada gooses uh doing an instagram story about not going to the dorchester so anyway Uh, and you two could be one of them for 600 pounds <laughs> <laughs> my I don't agree with this this week is sort of on a similar theme to what we talked about before but it's people talking out of turn especially in the cinema being bad bad cinema etiquette Ooh, I do not agree with it so okay. I was going to say I left it out of the story when we went to see Us but well like after it finished like obviously I thought it was going to be like quite scary or whatever mm. but I literally said to Izzy and Adam as we were walking out I was like it's hard to be uh, so scared when you're surrounded by a bunch of morons who won't stop talking and looking at their phone oh. so I was sat next to a girl who came and sat down she put her feet on the seat in front of her as rude. well which I was like so rude okay not about you already and then she spent the whole film essentially on her phone and her phone was like full bright like not even dim brightness and she had a phone that flashed lights whenever she got messages in the cinema and I was like what are you doing and then at the end she turned to a friend and went like oh my gosh how am I going to sleep at night and I was like well you'll be fine because you didn't watch the film Yeah. so yeah I was like it definitely detracted from the scary sort of experience of the film for me which a bit annoyed me it's just rude rude and I just really really don't agree with talking about it there were people chatting behind us the whole time and I just assumed that they were young that they were like kids or whatever Yeah. it's like full effort 45 year old man and i was like because because imagine yeah there were some people behind us who were doing that thing where they'd been there before and they were saying things before it happened like like we said about hamilton so there was someone behind me going like oh yeah this bit's really funny and i was like can you i'm so glad i didn't hear that you're not at home can you honestly piss off so anyway i don't agree with it i think it's pretty normal for people not to agree with it well i would have thought so but actually everyone's a bit of a moron they're always talking about it and i hate it so yes that's why i don't agree with but what I can always get behind talking about is, of course, the very important, very special segment of our podcast. It is time for Celine Watch. Celine uh, Watch. Excuse me. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. Celine Watch. Celine Watch. Celine Watch. Celine Watch. I didn't know whether I was in the. Re- I don't know if I'm like allowed to say Celine Watch. You absolutely are allowed to say yeah. Celine Watch. Okay. If you hear Celine you Watch. Celine yeah. Watch. Yeah. It has been a hot week for Celine. This is hot off the press for Celine. She's back to it. She's back to it, thank God, because I was about to be have a co- emergency conference with Olivia being like, do we mix <laughs> up Celine it. Watch with other people? Because, no, because she, she might not be doing anything ever again. So um, here she is, Celine. She has just been announced as the new global spokesperson for L'Oreal Paris. Certainly. Yes. This is her first ever beauty contract, which is shocking because you would have thought maybe she would have had like a nice like... Maybe a thousand beauty contracts. Yeah, exactly. So she is going to be the, uh, as as, as Elle have put it in this article, there is no stopping Celine Dion and we are pleased about that. I mean, this has probably come straight off the back of Celine Watch. (laughs) <laughs> yeah they heard yeah. about Celine Watch and they thought she she's is the person current. we need we need a L- at L'Oreal yeah. so yeah. yeah she's going to be the L'Oreal global spokesperson so her first campaign with the brand will be a television ad for excellence hair colour which I cannot wait to see so yeah that's really good and also in Celine news she's just on a roll this week to be fair she's making up she is making up for lost time I guess well, she was in Las Vegas and that's finished so now she's like right back back yeah. to it um, 
she has announced a new world tour and new album. <gasps> Stunning. Yeah. So it's hot news. This is the content you need. Absolutely. So her new world tour is called the Courage World Tour, oh. which is set to uh, kick off in September. So um, that sounds great. And she's doing a whole new album. I don't think there's a name for that yet, but maybe it's called Courage. Who knows? Who but knows? you would have thought they probably would have said that for the same thing. It was also Celine's birthday last week, so happy birthday to it Celine. It was happy birthday. Also that was not too, a happy birthday yeah. tune. <laughs> so, no, it was very like, is that Lionel Richie? Happy, happy birthday, birthday to you. Yeah. We can't sing that one, but oh. we can sing happy birthday because that has had its copyright lifted That's off true. It. But okay. we only did like one second of it there, so we're yeah. okay. Yeah. I think, I think Lionel will let us, yeah. let us lie. Enrique and Lionel <laughs> let it slide. Oh okay. shit, yeah, please. Enrique. Okay. We're birthday bodies, don't forget. <laughs> Imagine how much you Run, you can hide, but you can't escape my lawsuit. <laughs> okay, yeah, so she has announced that, so we will obviously be listening to that album when it comes out, and maybe maybe we'll uh, find ourselves on the world tour, who knows? Maybe we'll find ourselves backstage, who knows what will happen, Lucy. <laughs> who bloody knows? Um, can I just say as well, did you see on um, Instagram, I posted that, <laughs> I posted that, <laughs> that meme of um, when you have gossip to tell your friend, and it's of Celine. Did you not watch yes. it? Yes. Yes. I love so it good. so much. So good. So like... I don't know, maybe I can like save it to a highlight or something, but it's like, honestly, like the, the funniest Celine meme ever. Cause it's like, when you have gossip to tell your friend and then they've cut like every single time that she's ever sung my heart will go on. Yeah. To just the go on bit. Yeah. It's just like, go on, go on, go on, <laughs> go on, go on. Yeah, no, it's so good. It's good. Yeah, uh, perfect. Celine, we love you. Keep doing you. So that about brings it to our goals for the week. Mm. So everybody, what's your goal? What's your goal? Lots of singing this week. This is the mu- this is quit logging the musical. <laughs> <laughs> my goal is for that. To my, yeah, my goal is to write quit logging the musical. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. What are either of your goals? I mean, my goal is to run fatty acid well. Yes, that's <laughs> yeah. a good goal. To get Very lots, nice. lots of lovelies down to fatty acid to have a nice time. So perfect. That's that my is goal. great. That's a great goal. I'm sure you'll achieve it because it was great last time. I'm sure it's going to be even better this time. Yes. Um, my goal is I am going to Centre Parks this weekend on our annual family vacay. Gorgeous. And okay. my goal is to um, do loads of um, stunning outdoor activities and just do them well. I'm not um, a natural one for the... Is there a swimming pool though? Yes. Hello, element. Yeah, I'm actually ex- <laughs> yeah, I'm excellent at swimming, but not so great at like uh, I don't know, like I wouldn't enjoy rock climbing, I wouldn't enjoy mm. segwaying or any of those <laughs> things. But I do like a bit I do like a bit of badminton. Oh, I love, love badminton. I love badminton, I love golf. Uh, oh, I've like been known to do a bit of golf. I can see you crazy golf, golf at- or full golf. <laughs> no, it's just like like mini a, a, like mini golf, golf. bar yeah. quarrels yeah yeah <laughs> what was that called at uni like the golfing oh ones they were called oh, something yeah and you have to like and have, you have like, to like nine have pints pi- in pi- two like, and yeah yeah what was what it called? called we obviously didn't pub do golf. it pub gold so, thank you so much yeah and oh you have God. to like wear a thousand visors and Absolutely. like pringle socks and my things. goal is to never do that ever yeah <laughs> i think it's so interesting that that kind of thing has like totally died out we've spoken about that um about that before and we were saying that we feel like we were the last sort of um draft of people who had to endure that mm. there was there was that, that there, your, it, it was uh, it was still kind of there in my time um we had a lot of like we had the t-shirt face haul or whatever it was we had carnage okay. which we is the carnage. t-shirt we, thing yeah, yeah so t-shirt yeah. swap type thing yeah but i feel like it was slightly like it was on the wane in mine but now 
nothing i feel like the, the kids yeah. aren't doing it the kids are a lot it. more discerning these days and also not not drinking as much yeah they're yeah. just um, on the ketamines well they're so. too busy yeah, having some cats and then just going out so okay um okay yeah. oh, right <laughs> so uh, my goal i don't have one nah. <laughs> Well, look, why, why, why place a goal on perfection? Uh, Olivia, <laughs> cut the section. Oh, well, my goal is to replay that back over and over to myself to boost my self-esteem. Yeah. So. Well, as I told you, you can do anything. <laughs> Olivia likes it. to tell me that every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, without further ado, because you've been here, sorry, we've been here for about the right time but you've probably been here for far too long yeah so. and I need to pack the centre parts I'm going to get my cosy in my suitcase this is honestly the longest episode we've ever had so I'm blaming Izzy <laughs> as, as, is, as is my one as our older sister like, so, <laughs> so my bad we, <laughs> we will be loving you leaving you and longing for you until next time bye, bye. Okay. It's business time. Right. Oh, we're gonna wrap down to it, baby. <laughs> it's Wednesday night. You know what time? Trash. Come on. Okay. Right. We don't have time for this.